Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was thinking, in the scary movie of your life, how would you die? I'm thinking... I wouldn't. Welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. From people not typically depicted in scary movies. I I was thinking I wouldn't want to go out like... I wouldn't want an extra gruesome death, but I also I don't want to go out like a like a punk way. You know, I, I don't want to just get stabbed. Like I'm thinking about the um, sandwich machine and the Fear Street movie. You know, something like that, but on my nuts. What? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you heard it. You heard it here. Tommy wants his, his nut sandwiched. I'm just saying, you know, like uh, like a hatchet to the face. Like that's so tired you know just getting stabbed oh did anyone ever get taken out in a garbage disposal um you know what there's a lot of movies where you think the garbage disposal is going to go off but then something else happens that was h2o oh that happens in h2o it happens in there's a movie called ghost in the machine it happens in that there was a blender in uh you're next that homegirl took out that lady in the end with a blender oh yeah to her head yeah Yeah. that was pretty cool that was really good maybe i'll get a blender head maybe that's me (laughs) Can I get a blender on my genitals? You can do whatever. <laughs> what? You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not dying. All right. Well, Dre is the final girl. I am finally dead. Maybe I'll be the killer. That's want me to blend your nuts? That's more what it is. You're I'm blending your nuts. You're actually the killer. <laughs> uh, so this episode of Screen Queen, we're doing our No Tell Motel episode where we debut a new segment. We get into Drea's favorite hotel and we end with the Screen Queen for the American Horror Story Gods. <laughs> So, Tommy, take it away. Once again, in this new season, we've decided to introduce a new segment. This one is called Why This Bitch Ain't Dead Yet, which is kind of a counter to our poor one out or even to our final screen queen, which is somebody who lived way longer than they should have. I'm nominating Lady Gaga as the Countess in American Horror Story Hotel. Now, I'm going to come out with a controversial opinion as a gay man. I don't hate... Lady Gaga, I don't wish her ill will, but I'm not a fan. I'm not, I haven't ever, I remember like way, way, way back in the day, you know, when she first came out with her like really supremely brushed hair and it was like blonde and platinum and she had the glasses and that was like the weird Poker face. Yeah, I was like, that's interesting. And then as, as she like snowballed, I was a little bit less interested you know, and again, no ill will, no hate. I do think she's talented because when she sings like soul and shit, we've talked about this. When she sings that, like that kind of stuff, like R&B, like I believe that. Mm-hmm. When she starts doing all that pop shit, I'm like, you know what? And then she started really feeling herself when she started acting. Yeah. And I'm not 
Oh God, I'm gonna get so many DMs from this, but I'm, you know, I just, I didn't like, sha what's that, Shallow? A Star is Born. I wasn't really into that. I thought the first half of that was great, and uh -huh. then the second half, I was like, why am I here? Yeah. Like the beginning of her and the She's, drag queens and all that kind of stuff. She can act. That was good. I was almost okay with that. And then it kind of like, you know, but um, but that, we're not here to talk about Lady Gaga. I'm just talking about the Countess, this vampire. She's like, you know, in the penthouse of this hotel. I just, she hung on way too long. I mean, that season was messy. I thought it was ambitious. I mean, it was the same thing with any American Horror Story. Like, I feel like it started out with an interesting premise and it kind of petered out. It got kind of corny at the end. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I... I was out by like the second episode, I think. This happened around the time of the Hotel Cecil. So when this came out, I thought it was going to be about the Hotel Cecil and it, and it wasn't. And I, I thought it was so transparently inspired by. That's where they got the idea. And they, they filmed it just a few blocks away on Olive Street, like right on 7th and Olive. I Yeah, I just, it, it, it fell apart. It didn't make no sense. Who are these little white babies running around everywhere? <laughs> Who are these children of the damned? Like, they're just everywhere. There's somebody in the mattress. When that homeboy got got it up the ass, that was awful. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I remember seeing that. I'm like, how am I? How's this on TV right now? And I'm not that squeamish. I, I will say that Sarah Paulson did a really good job of looking like a lady who stuck her finger in an electric socket. <laughs> <laughs> she, she just got a, that crimper out. She, did. <laughs> she got her 1980s crimper out and she went to town. That was her real hair, too. Because I remember she talked about on a, on a talk show. She was like, yeah, imagine getting milk from the store after a hard day's work with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> you put a hat on that hair. Right. But I mean, the Countess, I don't know. I, I liked Angela Bassett's character a lot more, probably because it was Angela Bassett. But like the Count, I just felt like it was stunt casting for sure. Ryan Murphy was like, and it's Lady Gaga. And everyone was like, no way. And she really got to, I mean, I will say it looks like she's really enjoying herself. Yeah. I mean, she's she's really chewing the scenery. Just that character was so, I don't know, there was something some smarmy about it, something just so, ugh, I just... I didn't believe it. No, I was just, why this bitch ain't dead yet? Yeah. What, what episode did she die in? I think she died in the very last episode. Oh, she made it all and the way to them? And they all come together around her little thing, and it's all corny, and they're all saying goodbye to her, even though she betrayed and did dirty every single one of those people. <laughs> I didn't understand why they're all coming to do a love fest at the end. I was just like, you're a vengeful bitch. <laughs> so, for this episode's Why This Bitch Ain't Dead Yet, it's Lady Gaga as the Countess in American Horror Story Hotel. For me. And me. Okay. All right. Our main discussion, we're covering the Hotel Cecil doc on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, I have my own weird connection to this documentary because I have been living in L.A. since the, they found Elisa Lam in the water tower. And... I frequent downtown LA, you know, even before I lived down there. I just love that that neighborhood. Um, so yeah, I, at the time when it happened, I was living in Echo Park, and now it's my backyard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could see the Hotel Cecil from Drea's balcony. Yeah, and and yeah, you can see the water tower that they found her in, and I'm pretty sure it's closed now. I don't see that that sign like the Stay on Main or anything. I'm pretty sure they've completely shuttered that whole place. Like mm. I, I don't think I've seen anybody come in and out of like there. Like since Corona? Since um since the doc came out, and mm -hmm. maybe since Corona too. Yeah. Um, what I mainly took from this documentary, and you know what I really thought the whole time 
when you get to become like your own YouTube investigator or your Google investigator, you know, like you get to put your own two cents into a story and you want so much more out of it. There has to be a conspiracy, you know, and how quickly people can just bite on to something, just the, the inkling of an idea like, ooh, this must be foul play. When I saw the video of her in the elevator, yeah, it looked weird. But what I really thought was like, well, there's weird ass drugs downtown. So she could have easily just taken some something and just been out of her mind, wandering the halls. That's not that unbelievable. But of course people wanted to believe like she was running from somebody. I'm like, nah, that, she's not running from anybody. She's clearly not stable. But what made her case I assume, or I think, like, such fodder for armchair detectives and internet activists and stuff like that was that she did have a whole Tumblr blog. So she had, like, this internet viewable life mm -hmm. heading into this where she talked about depression and, and being lonely and wanting to escape and getting out. And, you know, and she was publicly putting out things like, I'll be in LA, I'll be here, I'll be there. So there was a paper trail of sorts that I think made her character very compelling and why I think people wanted to believe there was something more going on than, I mean, the simplest answer is that she took herself out, right? But there was the complication of initially they were like, oh no, somebody put the cat back on the water tower or whatever. Like that there was some kind of ambiguity there about who could she have been with and who was in the elevator with her and who was she walking with or walking towards or whatever. But the, the actual tale ends up being a lot more pedestrian and a lot sadder. Yeah, what it gets into is, well, it gets into mental health. And if you go to any metropolis, you will see the decline of mental health on those streets. Yeah. It is rampant and um, it's sad to be around. And it's also, it's life. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna turn my, my head to it. I'm also upset that I, it, it even exists. Like people should not have to live that way. Mm -hmm. But- um, I mean, if billionaires paid fucking taxes. Hmm, so many things need to be corrected. I understand like they had an idea of who this person was, but I, I myself am bipolar. I was diagnosed when I was 15. So I understand red flags and warning signs. Mm -hmm. So what I ultimately got from her Tumblr was, yeah, this is this girl is, she's reaching out for help. She wants to, so she wanted to prove something to herself when she made that trip. Mm -hmm. And she ended up in San Diego of all places first, which is interesting, our town, and then made her way back up to LA. Um, I did something similar. I went all the way to Europe by myself when I was uh, 18. And just to prove to myself that I could be out there in the world and do something. Um, thankfully, I was just a little bit more with myself. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, when as, as soon as you go off those meds, like it, it will take you down some really weird paths. Like you have you have no idea mm -hmm. how dark your mind can get. And and when you take when you take these drugs, they are so heavy. So if you try to just go cold turkey off of them, it's, it, you, your body like can almost go into shock. I did, well, I went off Lexapro. Mm -hmm. I would tell the people that it felt like, I, I always pictured it like a skeleton, like like death, literally death, like touching my shoulder mm -hmm. because it like set off these electric shocks in my body. Like these are not to be played with. Mm -hmm. Not at all, not at all. They can cause seizures and death and it's, it's not a joke. So yeah, she was out here trying to make some sense of the world and it just, in a world that is not very comforting to those things. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, I mean, only in the last couple of years has it become more of a open topic, uh, us discussing our mental health. And I mean, this happened about, was this eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. Um, 
It wasn't a topic like that. Nobody was speaking of it. And that wasn't that long ago. And so she, you know, of all the places to end up, you know, what an unfortunate place for her to end up. It's it's just a bummer. Um, what about the lore of the Hotel Cecil? There's just bad vibes there, you know, and it's been like that for who knows how long. We know about the Night Stalker was there and then the guy who imitated the Night Stalker ended up there. And then but there was deaths before that in the 50s. You know, people jumping out of windows. There was so many things that just never even got reported. I'm so sure. Mm -hmm. I believe in bad energy. And I think there is something off about that place. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I don't even like to walk in front of that hotel. I'll cross the street before I walk in front of it. I won't even. Oh, okay. Actually, today I saw somebody get mugged right in front of it. Well, what did you think of the um, the hotel clerk or the manager or that lady? I mean, incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> she looked a little like. Somebody could die in front of her and she'd be like, eh. <laughs> you know? She straight up said in the documentary, like, I mean, this is just what happens here. It's just what happens. <laughs> she was like, I can see some potential here. It's going to come back. <laughs> like, no, bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it did seem to me, rather, that if you were going to be the manager of a place like the Hotel Cecil, there's got to be something dead inside you. Because the things that you're liable to see in any given night. It's like that or... You're just really aloof. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even think there's something dead in her. I just think that woman is just like so clueless. Yeah. Like, yeah. So she was the perfect person for the job. And there are people for that job who can just who could just accept the fact that, oh, yeah, another another person's acting erratic in our hotel. The thing is, it there is a, a certain amount of truth to that. I mean, that hotel is right next door to Skid Row. It's right there. Mm -hmm. So the people that frequent there, the people that come by there. They, you know, they typically, you know, they and they said in the documentary, they, they use it just to have a little party, to do what they need to do and get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And there's there's no track. They don't keep track of anything. How is that even a business? You know, because they have a very grandiose lobby. I feel like the lobby yeah. makes you set up for a different experience. It's very strange that they would do it like that. And then the rest of the place looks like a prison. Certain floors, I think you have to share bathrooms and mm -hmm. shit like that. It's like very weird. But that's why I got. American Horror Story Hotel vibes because it had similarly a very grand lobby, mm -hmm. like unmistakably a, a reference to the Hotel Cecil. Yeah. And that means Kathy Bates would have been, <laughs> Kathy Bates' character would have been, would have been homegirl. Yeah. Um, as a documentary, I mean, not just as the subject matter, but as a documentary, how effective do you think The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel was? Um, It was good. It was really good. I... I, I'm done with this story finally. I yeah. think what the, that's what this documentary did for me. Like, I don't need to wonder anymore. It's just tragic how that shit went down. But ultimately what you find out is there was a lot of weird coincidences. Mm -hmm. There was a disease in the hotel called Lamelisa, which, what the fuck is that about? That's very weird. Mm -hmm. um, but the cap on the the water tower was not put back on. And that's what confirms to everybody like, oh. And, you know, the just little things like, oh, they said well, her body was up instead of down when somebody typically drowns and it's like what well, the the water fluctuates so mm -hmm. she could have easily gotten moved around you know and her and she didn't have any wounds or scars or bruises i you know i think she was just in an altered state and she was in an altered state and i know i know that feeling um and she probably felt invincible and somehow ended up on that water tower and then wanted to go for a swim or some shit mm -hmm. she might have been up there looking for a pool mm -hmm. and wanted and ended up in there and then couldn't get her way out. I don't think she killed herself. I will say as a person who lived in New York at the time, 
It did not penetrate our consciousness the way that it did for people who lived in Los Angeles. Oh, I'm sure. So and I, they, well, they I, took it off the news after two to three weeks. You, you did not hear the story anymore, mm. which was, I and mean, everybody noticed that here too. We we're like, what happened to that story? And it wasn't until like a year later that they brought it up again. I didn't even, to be honest with you, I didn't even know about it really. I mean, I think I know about it a little bit because you or like Becky would talk about it, but it wasn't like something that I was aware of happening that people were invested in on the internet. So it mm-hmm. seems like a um, a phenomenon for, for Los Angeles. Yeah, very much so. And was it like something that you would talk about at parties with people? Was it casual conversation? Like yeah. how much did it penetrate like the public conversation here? Um, you know, we had friends who wanted to stay there. We had contemplated like getting rooms there. And I, I had friends who did that. You know, they would just party for the night and go there. And I was like, mm, I'm good. I don't think I want that energy, mm. you know? Um, but yeah, it was just certain friends of mine who share similar interests. It was a crazy subject. The fact that that happened, people were drinking this water that was, it was, flesh that ended up in their fucking water and they drank it and like it's fucking gnarly for those of you who can't see me which is everybody i made a weird face (laughs) (laughs) the the guy who said he wants his nuts freaking sandwich made a weird face who that I will say that the the TV show that I'm working on right now, I proposed a storyline that had to do with murder tourism because of the Hotel Cecil Dock, because the people would go there to stay there to like have their pictures taken there, like da 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 da. And so there are some murders in the town, and I was like, what if there was like a tourism that based on these murders that like overtook the town? And so I think it might make it into the show. So if it does, I'll I'll, I'll you know directly um, inspired by this documentary. So ultimately, I mean, how did you feel about it? I felt like, like as a subject matter, insanely compelling. The simplest explanation was the right one. As a documentary, I think, and again, I don't know because I wasn't here when this happened, so I don't know how sensational it actually got, Mm -hmm. but the documentary series itself seemed very sensational. Yeah. Like it was really digging into every inch of these conspiracy theories. And and it got criticized online for that for sensationalizing it and like taking it the human element out of it and taking Alyssa out of the story and focusing on the conspiracy theories but But it seemed like that was the natural human tendency at the time I thought it felt accurate they were able to in four episodes give you the vibe of how that's what it did feel like Mm -hmm. and I mean and I wasn't one of those people online doing any research I looked at the video several times I, I just didn't feel the need to get involved with it to that degree yeah but I was still intrigued and it was it was in the air People were very aware of the story and clearly they were able to come up with this documentary. And I I had no idea how much it affected so many people because I, I, I didn't take it to that, you know, that far. I, I had my limits. Yeah. And, and so as as a as a documentary, I thought it did a really good job mm-hmm. of explaining what that time was like. And what it was like for people. But like, I don't think it was there to tell Alyssa's story. It was there to tell a story about the spectacle. Yeah. And I think it did that very well. Yeah, because how much of Alyssa's story can they really tell? I mean, all they can do is read from that Tumblr and and kind of piece things together, but they really can't tell her story. Yeah. So um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. All right, everybody. We're going to end the show as we always do with our Scream Queen of the Week. This week, we've got Gabri Sidibe as Queenie in American Horror Story Coven. She's in American Horror Story Hotel, 
and she completes this journey in American Horror Story Apocalypse. Now, I've got to tell you, I really didn't get into the American Horror Stories. I mean, I remember back in the day when the first American Horror Story came out. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember being like, this is weird. Batman's in a suit. Did he fuck that dude with a pumpkin? <laughs> like, it was very gory and violent, but also very gay. And I was like, very. I guess I'm here for this. Yeah. But it, I actually didn't sit through an entire series until American Horror Story Apocalypse. And I had moved to Los Angeles and I was staying with my friend Roy. And I just love apocalypse as a genre, like apocalypse, pre-apocalypse, post-apocalypse. I don't know why, but it's one of the most compelling ones for me. So I didn't, I didn't see an entire American Horror Story all the way through until Apocalypse. But then because I watched Apocalypse, I had to go back and watch Coven and The Murder House because so much of Apocalypse ties from those two storylines because the witches are in Apocalypse and because Michael Langdon, who was born in a horror story house, whatever the first one, he is an adolescent, a teenager and an adult in Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. So I found the lore very intriguing. I don't know how successful Apocalypse was, but it introduced me to the character of Queenie, who was introduced in Coven and she's uh, described as like a human voodoo doll. So every, anything she does, any kind of damage she does on her body appears in the body of another person. So she can take a hold of you and do all that kind of stuff. She met a very untimely end in Apocalypse. Then they reset the timeline and she was saved from going to the hotel. And I was like, oh, so she was in hotel. Now I got to go watch hotel. So that my entree into American Horror Story is Gabrae Sidibe as Queenie. Like she's the reason why I wanted to watch. She is such a long suffering character. Like, she suffers so much in Coven. I feel like because of her ability, her ability is to suffer. So she has to cause pain on herself in order to, like, cause pain on other people. Like, she shoots herself in the head in, in Coven. So she She's initially in the academy. And then she kind of gets ostracized from them and, like, hangs out with the voodoo queen. And then all those motherfuckers get killed by the witch hunters. And so she has to come back to the witches or whatever. And she's constantly being insulted by Madison, the... Emma Roberts character and then she like kind of finally makes a little bit of headway with um Kathy Bates racist ass character and then she like betrays her too so it's like Queenie never really got a great narrative but she did get the narrative of a survivor and she ultimately made it out to the very end of American Horror Story Apocalypse so for that reason I'm giving her screen queen this week I think of all the characters in American Horror Story, she's died the most because she died in Coven. She died in Hotel. She died in Apocalypse, but ultimately lived to the very end. But I will say that that is a resilience and a strength that I look for in a Scream Queen. Here, here. Do you have any opinion about the American Horror Story? I just I just second everything you say. OK, OK. That's what I'm doing here. Are you watching the new ones? Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to have to cover a few of those. I don't know exactly what is going on. There's, so there's American Horror Story and then there's American Horror Stories. stories. And they, they're doing a lot. But these horror stories, there's some really cool ones that they've done. The, the last one was called Feral, and it was fucked up. Mm -hmm. It was very fucked up. Are you um, a Ryan Murphy fan? Uh, not particularly, but, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's managed to use his privilege to allow other people's work to shine mm -hmm. so i i'm a fan of that did you like hollywood or halston or american I, crime story or i like the american crime stories i like the oj one it was done really well and um and the versace one was dark actually i had no idea how dark that was gonna get mm. but yeah overall like you know because his taste can go it can it can just go out the window. I, I'm I'm glad that he allowed Pose to exist, you know, or helped for it 
to exist. I was really, I remember back in the day when um, Scream Queen came out, his um, his series with <clears throat> Jamie Lee Curtis and, and Emma Robertson on him. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. And I remember like going with my friends. We went to, I lived in Brooklyn at the time, went to this bar um, called Saloon, OK Saloon something. It was a really fun, like it was like a queer um, like Western bar. And they were playing it. And by the end of that first episode, I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what this is going to be. Cute outfits and, yeah. and some cool kills, but that's about it. It, it was, was so disappointing. The story was terrible. It was, it was so all over bad. The fucking place. And that was, again, at the time, the only other Ryan Murphy I'd had was Murder House. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, is he there to make everything bad? <laughs> Maybe. So, uh, Gabri Sidibe is Queenie. You're my screen queen this week. Peace. <laughs> Scream Queen is brought to you by Alexandra De Palma and Kenya Denise at Domino Sound. I am Drea Washington. You can find me on the gram at Hey Girl Hey. That's H E Y G R L H E Y. And I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can also find me on Instagram, not on Twitter any longer, as Hey Teebs, H E Y T E B S. And in the scary movie of your life. You better scream, scream queen. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.